Well, thank you, Linda, for the reading. Thank you, Graham, although Graham's not here, for asking me to speak this morning. Um, I think he's got a good excuse being on holiday. Uh, I'm not sure about the guys who've gone climbing mountains in order to avoid my sermon, but uh, there we are. Um, pardon? They just have breakfast. Yeah, they just have breakfast to avoid the sermon. I'll catch up with them later, anyway. Um, Last time uh, I was uh, here speaking was eight years ago, speaking about uh, kingdom finance. One or two might remember that. Uh, I was seeking to get you excited about giving. Uh, Maybe it's time to come back again after what the trustees said. (laughs) Um, uh, That was eight years ago. And this time it's an even bigger challenge because I asked to get you excited about the gift of administration. Well... But as many of you know, uh, I would describe myself as a facilitator. I love to identify a God-given vision and get behind it to help it happen. Whether that's coordinating the monthly filling station, whether it's uh, being the treasurer of the food bank, or overseeing the youth and schools project, or even helping uh, Ian Seymour, who's also not here, with his vision for a prayer bus. Now, we make a great team, Ian and I. He's got all the vision and the passion and the enthusiasm, and I can work out which is the third Thursday of the month and book the minibus. (laughs) But he needs that because uh, he sometimes doesn't know which day it is, as you know. (laughs) Um, So that's how we work, you know, we work together. Um, So that's maybe why Graham asked me to speak on the subject. But... uh, for whatever reason, anyway, here I am. Now, I just want to give a quick plug. I mentioned uh, overseeing the British North Houston Schools project. Now, I hope that everyone has had one of these. That was a few months ago now, the annual report, 12 pages describing just what God is doing amongst the teenagers in our community, in the secondary schools particularly, and in the primaries. And uh, for me, that's one of the most significant strategic things that God is doing in our community. For many years, there was no connection with the youngsters in the secondary schools from the, by the churches. But God's raised up this project. He's brought John and, and Louise Proctor to work amongst us, and now there's a team. I don't know whether there's any. Lucy's here. Lucy's here. John is here. Um, and Becky. Sorry? Corinne, yes. Um, and lots of people, lots of volunteers as well now becoming involved in the student support work. And we're seeing a tremendous advance in just touching the young people in, in the community. Um, someone said to me the other day, I don't think they're here, no. You love committees, don't you? Uh, well, that's not strictly true. What I do love is to be involved in getting things done. And if that means committees, then so be it so long as we're getting God's vision uh, implemented. Now, last time I was here for two Sundays, and I had 40 minutes each Sunday. But I gather that things have sort of been a little bit shortened these days. So 25 minutes. So that's the big hand on the five, I think, isn't it? No, no, certainly not. No, I haven't started yet. No, 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 I haven't. (laughs) Oh, no, I haven't finished yet, no. Um, Now, it wouldn't be me if I didn't mention the kingdom. We've got a slide for that. Yes, last time I was talking about worldly finance and kingdom finance and how much different the kingdom way of operating is. There's the natural realm and there's the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm. Um, And we've heard, haven't we, about 
uh, various other gifts. We've heard of healing, which is the kingdom medicine compared to the world's medicine. We've heard of wisdom, godly wisdom, as distinct from worldly wisdom. We've heard of knowledge, the gift of knowledge as distinct from the world's knowledge. And we've heard more recently of prophecy, which is clearly an improvement on the world's fortune telling. But today, we're going to be looking at kingdom administration as distinct from the world's administration. And that equally is a gift of the Spirit, the gift of administration, and it comes on the supernatural side uh, as opposed to the natural side. Now, can I suggest that there are three levels in which we can operate, in, in a very specific context, obviously. Um, there's the world's work, which is done the world's way. Then as Christians, hopefully we progress to God's work. But do we sometimes tend still to seek to do it the world's way? Or are we able to press through further and do God's work God's way? Because the gift of administration, I believe, is about enabling things to be done God's way. Now, of course, our natural abilities are also given to us by God, but there is this additional dimension when the Holy Spirit is involved and the spiritual gift is at work, which releases supernatural power. Now, again, you might not think the gift of administration would release supernatural power. It's not, it doesn't sound like prophecy or healing, does it? But in reality, that can be the case. When Jesus was on earth, uh, you'll... Uh, recall, I'm sure, that when people encountered him, they encountered the fruit of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, and you could add the rest, I'm sure. Um, the gifts of the Spirit, again, people encountered when they encountered Jesus. Healing, miracles, prophecy, wisdom, knowledge. Do you remember when he sent out the 72 and commissioned them to go and heal and preach the gospel? He said, tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. The supernatural world is at hand. And we need the spiritual gifts amongst us as the body in order for that supernatural realm to be released. Because we are now Jesus' body here on earth. So just as people met Jesus and encountered the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, the calling to us as God's people, as Jesus' body here in Bridge North or wherever we come from, is that people should encounter not just the fruit of the Spirit, which is the work of the Holy Spirit quietly at work in us, bringing us to maturity and bearing fruit in our lives, but also the gifts of the Spirit, which will give people a supernatural encounter an encounter with God's kingdom. And that's our calling. Romans 12, 4-6 says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Everyone. Some people might not believe it, 
but we need to take hold of this. Everyone is gifted by the Holy Spirit to play a part. Now, we've already heard this morning God speaking to us saying we are all loved equally. We are equal in his sight. Um, and we all have different gifts, but we all fit together into that body. And when we function together, doing Father's will, in the power of the Holy Spirit, then people around us will be impacted directly by the kingdom of God. Just a couple of quick examples. You'll all have heard of Billy Graham, one end of the scale. He was a good speaker. So many people who are not Christians are also good speakers. But Billy Graham saw millions become Christians. So why was that? Not because he was a good speaker, but because he was using his spiritual gift. And when he invited people to respond, the Holy Spirit was working powerfully through him to draw people to Jesus. Now some could even, I don't know whether there might be someone here, some can even testify to that sense of, a, of, of that drawing in his meetings. There was something way beyond what the words he'd spoken. There was the power of the Holy Spirit coming, being released through that gift that he had. And when he said, I want you to get up out of your seats, Something was happening in the spirit because his gift of evangelism was just so powerful. Another example, uh, Sue Fenson was speaking about uh, words of knowledge a few weeks ago. Um, and she described how in a particular situation, the family were, I think, going through a difficult time and people, some people were prompted by the Holy Spirit to call them to ask how they were and see whether they could help. And that was just the gift of knowledge touching people and in, uh, enabling them to be aware that there was a need. And in that situation, there's something supernatural going on, isn't there? So I should be 10 minutes by now. So actually I'm winning at the moment, this is great. So what about this gift of administration? When we say the gift of administration, what comes into your mind? Filing, records, diaries, spreadsheets, meetings, records. Thankfully, that isn't what the gift of administration is about. Otherwise, this sermon would be pretty boring, wouldn't it? It might still be boring, but... No, the gift of administration is actually quite different from those things. Those things might be involved, they might be part of it, but the gift of administration is something quite distinct. So let's look more closely at what the Bible has to say. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Now there are three lists Paul gives of different gifts, um, but the gift of administration is only mentioned in one of them, and it's this one. Um, John actually read it last week when he was talking about helps, didn't he? Is it there? Yes, it is. So now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. The one thing I'd not noticed really before about this scripture, but it seems that Paul is talking about there being a, an order here. We need the apostles, 
We need the prophets and we need the teachers in place in order for the other gifts to be exercised. Now, that may be a misunderstanding of Scripture, but that seems to be what Paul's saying here. The first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, as though those need to be in place first and then the other gifts can flow. But it's interesting that the NIV translators have revisited the text and published later versions of the NIV, and they decided to change it to the gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. And then if we go to the King James Version, we find that they have used a different word again. They have used, they have said, the gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. So, being a good Greek scholar, I had to look in wherever I needed to look to find out, well, what is the Greek word that they're struggling with um, to translate? And it's kubanesis. And what that word actually means, it's only used once in the Bible by Paul uses it here. So he obviously chose it quite specifically. What's he trying to say? What it means is to steer or to guide. And it's used for like a helmsman or a pilot or a captain of a boat. Not an aeroplane, obviously, because they didn't have them. But a boat. Easy jet. Well, yes, yes, yes. Well, Joseph even, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so there's this sense of guiding and directing towards a goal or destination. So not, in fact, what many would understand by the word administration at all. Maybe, maybe that's why the NIV translators thought better of it when they came back and looked at it again. It's not really about sort of paper chasing. It's about guidance and direction towards a particular goal. So, back to our thinking earlier. So often, we can be trying to do God's work, but doing it the world's way still. Whereas the gift of administration enables God's work to be done God's way. We need God-given vision to know what we're supposed to be doing, but we need it implemented God's way, and that frequently is where this gift of administration comes in, because we want to be operating in the kingdom realm and not in the natural realm. So at last, let's quickly get to Joseph's story. So a quick recap, although it's been very ably covered by the little men, or whatever they were, um, so, there we are. The briefest version of Joseph's, Joseph's story you've ever seen. Joseph upsets his brothers. He gets sold into slavery. He gets seduced by Potiphar's wife. He ends up in prison. And then he's brought out of prison to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Then he's appointed as prime minister and ends up overseeing Egypt's salvation from famine. But today, obviously, with the, the reading that Linda read and what I'm sharing, we're just really interested in that last bit of the story where he is appointed prime minister and then oversees the whole process. Um, and notice how God didn't, uh, Joseph didn't just get the interpretation of the dream, but God also gave him the strategy for how to deal with the problem and the gifting to actually get it done. 
which if we just think about it for a minute, is no mean feat. Uh, we're not really aware of him having done anything on this level before, but he's made prime minister, he's in charge of the whole of Egypt, and for the next seven years, he's got to persuade people to give up 20% of their crops, and they're going to be stored away in the cities all over the, the nation. Um, and then in the following seven years, he's going to have that distributed to the people, not just, as, uh, as Richard said, not just the people of Egypt, but the people from nations around as well. So that's quite a major task. And so what I'm suggesting is it was Joseph, the gift of administration that God had given Joseph that enabled him to achieve that. And I've sort of tried to identify, well, what, what was there within that gift? And four important components, I felt, were part of the exercising of that gift. So firstly, God's will, the clarity of purpose as to what's the job to be done. What is it we're trying to do here? But then the clarity of the method. God actually specifically told him how to deal with the situation. So God's will and God's way. But in order to achieve that, and this is almost invariably true, I think, when the gift of administration is being uh, exercised, there's a coordination of people involved and there's the gaining of cooperation amongst those people. Um, and it's only when those four are put together that there's the effectiveness of the gift being exercised to achieve what God wants to achieve. Just thinking, how, how do you think the people felt about uh, the situation? I'm thinking sort of at the end of the seven years of, of plenty, and we're going into the seven years of famine. Now, I suggest that with Joseph in charge, and they'd had seven years to be aware of Joseph's operating and planning, there would be a sense of peace and calm and a quiet confidence that this guy knows what he's doing and we're going to be all right. But take Joseph out of the picture and take the provision out of the first seven years, how would people be feeling then as the famine started to bite? There'd be anxiety, there'd be fear, they don't know how long it's going to last. There'll be stress. So one of the things which the gift of administration brings is that sense of calm and peace. Uh, and yes, we're on God's track here. God's in control. We know what God wants. We're doing it God's way. And we're all secure. That's one of the things that I feel that the gift of administration can bring to a situation. It brings that certainty and clarity uh, that we've got God's will and we've got God's way. And the key again, back to one of those earlier <coughs> slides, is that there's a supernatural gift at work which brings supernatural fruit, uh, which would not otherwise happen necessarily with natural gifting. So I want to suggest that this gift works hand in hand with other leadership roles but it's vital to the life of a church or a ministry that the gift of administration is being exercised alongside those other leadership roles. Um, maybe it's a bit like an architect and a clock of works. The architect has seen clearly uh, what the building is going to look like, or in our case, 
the visionary has seen what God's vision is. And the clerk of works is the one who actually knows how to make it happen. He's the one who's going to coordinate the people, allocate the tasks, and actually get the building built. <coughs> I just want to um, divert to a little example of God's way not being the same as our way. Um, I'm sure most will remember, was it 20 years ago, 30 years ago maybe now, when um, there was just lots of uh, need in Romania particularly, but in other Eastern European countries as well. Um, and there were lots of orphans needing all sorts of things. And um, lots of churches and individuals in, in the UK and otherwhere, I'm sure, were stirred to sort of load up vans with all the things that were needed and to drive over to Romania or Bulgaria, where, whichever countries it was, um, and deliver these things and then come back. And I can remember at the time thinking, this is so inefficient. You know, there's all these little vans going backwards and forwards and all these people going backwards and forwards. This just really needs organizing. And we could just draw, this could all be drawn together and we could have these big pantechnicons going over and all coordinated. And it was as though God said to me, that is not my way. That is the world's way. They're focused on efficiency. But God showed me that actually the relationships that were being built were the most important thing. And he's not stuck for a few bob. So it wasn't an issue about cost. He was wanting to do it his way. And an amazing thing, I just happened to pick up a book a few weeks ago uh, called Mar about something called Mary's Meals. Has anyone heard of Mary's Meals by any chance? Yeah, someone has. <clears throat> well, one of the people driving one of those vans was this guy called Magnus McFarlane Barrow from somewhere up in Scotland. Well, for a start, if you're going to drive to, um, to Romania, you really wouldn't choose to start from Scotland, would you? <laughs> you know, you've got half the journey before you even get to the channel. But anyway, but he started traveling, uh, and the relationship grew, and now, out of that has grown a ministry across the whole world feeding a million children a day with lunch. Out of that one man building relationship and then God has just taken it his way, not the world's way, but God's way, has built a ministry across the world. Um, and the reason it's so important to be feeding children is that because they hadn't, because they hadn't got food, they couldn't come to school they were having to help their families with looking after the ground and growing the food. But once there was food offered in the school, the parents chose to send the children to school so they'd be fed and they'd be educated. So that's a classic example of God's will, God's way. Um, and it's all rooted in what is God's definition of success. It isn't efficiency, it's effectiveness in getting his vision implemented his way. And it invariably is so centered on people and relationships more than just on tasks. Uh, but this gift, I do believe, is applicable at every level. It's not just the big thing, it's in our own lives as well. Just as the other gifts that we've heard about in recent weeks. 
The key is the headship of Christ, and we are his body. And we're each involved in doing his will. Now, I do want to throw in a very quick warning here, because um, people operating in the natural administrative ability will often major on obstacles, why things won't work, why we can't do things. Whereas the gift of administration is always seeking how we can do what God has given as a vision um, and not looking primarily at the obstacles and why we can't. Because if God's given it as a vision, the first assumption is it's doable. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given it. And there is a God's way of doing it. So we need to be careful about not applying the natural gift of administration, like me with the thoughts about the Romania work. Um, We need to avoid that. We need to be seeking God's way to accomplish his vision. Some of you will have read the book, Nevertheless, about uh, John Kirby and the cap. Cap, uh, I'm sure Janet has, yes. How many people have actually read the book? I really recommend it to you. It's a scary read. Um, But this man just launched into this ministry based on what God was saying to him with no idea about how this was going to work. Um, And if he'd been helped by people with a natural gift of administration, he would have hit the buffers very quickly. Um, Because God was stretching his faith all the time, stretching his faith, stretching his faith, asking him to do things that he didn't have the means to do, didn't have the way to do. But as he was obedient to God, so that whole ministry grew from his lounge to a national ministry now with, I don't know, 400 centers and lots of other aspects as well. Again, God's vision, God's way. Oh, I'm not doing too badly. Look, I've got a couple of minutes left. So what can we learn from what we've heard so far? Spiritual gifts are important to us individually as well as the whole church. The church ministry, church or ministry, particularly needs the gift of administration within its leadership in order to be effective and to be fruitful. But we all need a measure of that in our own lives, in our families, in our work, in our ministry. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, he's prepared the works, but he's also prepared the way. And we need to understand the way as well as the works. So, are we prepared to ask ourselves that question? Where are we on this progression through three levels? Are we still at the world's will, the world's way? Have we progressed to God's will, but still tending to do it the world's way? Or are we progressing to God's will and doing it God's way? So, what might that gift of administration look like for us then as individuals? Are we there? We are. Key number one, ears open to God. We must be listening to God because we need to know his way. And out of that will come some clear goals and priorities, whether it be in our own personal life, in our family life, in our ministry, within the church, at every level. And then wise use of time and resources, stewardship. But always with that priority on people, because that's what's in God's heart. And just as Jesus came to earth with a clear mission, 
so we are now his body here on earth. We have a clear mission here in Bridge North. And the world's ways would not achieve what Jesus came to achieve. And in the same way, the world's ways will not achieve the mission that God has called us to. Just as Jesus accomplished his mission his way, we're called as individuals and as a church to complete or to pursue the mission he's called us to, but to find God's way. So that's what I understand the gift of administration to be. So let's pray.